0: Jane, you know I'm not on TikTok, but even I am hearing about all of the crazy beauty trends exploding over there. Right? I mean, even you have to have heard of skin cycling. I have! That one is exploding all over social and mainstream media. And why wouldn't it? I mean, I've never met a human who isn't confused and overwhelmed by all of the skincare products and when and where to use them. I feel like the rules change every five seconds. Totally. That's why renowned celebrity dermatologist, Dr. Whitney Bowe, created Skin Cycling. It's a simple four-day approach to your nighttime regime that you can customize to your skin's needs. Finally, something I can follow. So pumped that she is gifting two of our lucky listeners her two new products. Make sure to follow Jamie and I on social for details on that giveaway at Heidi Christopher and at NYC Fit Fam. Jamie, tell them what they can win. Yep. Yep first one is Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty's Exfoliation Night Resurfacing and Brightening Serum, night one of skin cycling. Clinically proven, non-irritating and powerful, this serum exfoliates with a blend of three skin-safe acids, including glycolic acid. Amazing. Next up, Night Mode Restorative Sleep and Skin Capsules for that inside approach to skincare that earned Dr. Whitney Bow her title as the three-dimensional derm. Love that. These clinically proven relaxation capsules support healthier skin by helping to ease stress, promote calm, and facilitate better sleep. Yes, please. We all could use those. Sold exclusively on drwhitneybowbeauty.com, our listeners can get 10% off using the code OFFTHEGRAM10.
1: not black or white, right? Like sometimes there's a trend that you look at and as an expert, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I have to at least go public with telling people like, please protect yourself. This is not worth doing. And then there are trends that, you know, lots of experts get behind and say, you know, this is actually really something that shouldn't be a trend. Like this is something we should really start to adopt more long term. Welcome back to an all-new season of Off the Gram,
0: the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscapes of wellness and social media. Heidi here, holding down the fort while Megs recovers and Jamie does her thing. Today, we are super excited to have on Dr. Whitney Bo, Known as the 3D Derm, Dr. Bowe is a renowned, award-winning, board-certified dermatologist, research scientist, and founder of Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty. She is also the creator of Skin Cycling, which has racked up more than 3.5 billion, with a B, views on TikTok. More than a decade ago, Dr. Bow championed a focus on the skin-gut-mind connection. Her three-dimensional approach to skincare, treating skin from both the outside and inside, altered the field of dermatology. Listen to this show if... You've heard about skin cycling, but you have no clue what it means. You'd like to hear from the creator of skin cycling herself, or you want an expert's take on all of the beauty trends taking TikTok by storm. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bo. We are so excited to have you here with us today. So I said it before, but I'm holding down the fort as Meg's recovers and Jamie is off doing her thing. That's the beautiful part about having three co-hosts is that we each take turns and I'm so excited I got you. Oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm
1: equally excited. And everyone who's listening who can't see this beautiful face in front of me, um, you're just so intelligent, so articulate. You have this incredible energy and you're just like strikingly beautiful and your skin is absolutely glowing. So For so many reasons, I am so excited to be your guest today.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you so much. And now my skin is like 10 shades of red darker.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's the mind-skin connection (laughs) at work. There
0: you go. I'm like, talk about glowing skin since people can't see you. Your face is like a porcelain doll. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So I want what you do. (laughs) I'm like, everyone should want that. So I'm like, let's delve into your mind. And one of the things we really wanted to talk about today is all these like crazy TikTok beauty trends, right? Because so we started off the gram because there were so many, you know, I'm using air quotes here, influencers who were dispensing all of this advice that they weren't really qualified to dispense. And our goal with Off The Gram was to get the real deal experts, you know, people with medical degrees, people who do this every single day, (laughs) who eat, sleep, live, breathe, whatever it is that their expertise is. So we'd love to get your handle on some of these crazy TikTok trends. So, you know, I've heard about taping. I I put up a story and I I meant to keep it up. Somebody asked me about something called like sycaplast. I don't even know how to, I don't even know what that is, if that's a real thing or not. There's a lot, there's a lot. And I'm just not very well-versed in this area because I'm a person who just goes to my doctor and asks her what she recommends. I don't, I try not to take, you know, medical or beauty or aesthetic advice off of TikTok, but many people do because that's, you know, their line. And um, I mean, I get my news on social media. So my husband told me never to admit that, but it's true. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, so, So can you please just tell us as somebody who is, the ultimate expert in your space. What are three sort of trends that are popular that you're seeing on TikTok or social media? And why are they so popular?
1: So I think it's probably worth discussing three of the hottest trends on TikTok that are probably migrated over to Instagram, YouTube, etc. And those are number one, slugging. Number two, derma planing. And number three is going to be skin cycling. That one's near and dear to my heart. So we'll, we'll save the best for last. But, you know, those are three of the top ones. If we have time at the end, I would love to hit some of the other, you know, trending ones as well, because I'm sure people are so curious. You know, but I think that these three have gotten so much attention because it's not black or white, right? Like sometimes there's a trend that you look at and as an expert, I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you know, I have to at least go public with telling people like, please protect yourself. This is not worth doing. And then there are trends that, you know, lots of experts get behind and say, you know, this is actually really something that shouldn't be a trend. Like this is something we should really start to adopt more long term. And then there are these sort of gray areas in between. And I think that slugging and dermaplaning are two great examples of those because there are pros and there are cons. So, you know, I think we should just dive in and talk about each one of those. So slugging. So when you think about the word slugging, so for those of you who are, are, again, just listening and not seeing Heidi's face, she is absolutely recoiling from the screen. I'm
0: picturing leeches. In disgust.
1: (laughs) She's got, there's a slug with a trail of slime making its way across her visual field right now. And she's blocking. I don't like bugs. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I love you. That's that's you're like just like my sister. Um, I had a bug cemetery. I was the exact opposite. I used to just line up every bug underneath the couch, and then one day my mother discovered them. Like I'm just a total biology geek. Um, (laughs) So slugs don't bother me. What's the concept of slugging? So the name came about because when you slug, your face actually looks like it's got a layer of slime all over your face, but it's not slime. What it is, is it's basically using Vaseline or anything that has petroleum jelly or petrolatum, you know, those very, very greasy, occlusive ingredients as a last step in your skincare routine. And so what happened is that there's there's whether there's there's controversy over exactly where it started. Like some people think it was started in Korea as a Korean beauty trend where a lot of trends do start. Right. Some people, you know, discuss the fact very openly that black women have been using Vaseline as part of their skincare routine for decades. So, you know, whether it really started in Korea or was already ingrained in our culture, you know, we're not exactly sure where it originated But the science behind it is real in terms that dermatologists recommend using these types of occlusive ingredients in our eczema patients, you know, even as babies. And that's something that we have spoken about, you know, to the parents that come in and we say, you know, when your kids are, you know, really, really dry, chapped skin, this, this layer, this occlusive layer can be really healing and really protective. So slugging is a trend to on, obviously on social media, we're not putting it on babies' bottoms. We're putting it on people's faces right before they go to bed. So slugging has benefits, especially for people who have very, very dry skin. So if you have incredibly dry skin, especially during the winter months, say that you're skiing, your face just gets chapped and dry. And you feel like no matter how much moisturizer you put on, you still wake up and your, your skin is just so dry and parched. Slugging can help as a final step, but some people find it to be too occlusive. And so while the actual ingredient may not break you out and there's, it's a little bit of a controversial term, it's called whether something's comedogenic or non-comedogenic and technically, petrolatum is non-comedogenic, but being, you know, as a, as a board certified dermatologist who's treated thousands of patients for over a decade, I can tell you, then in some of my patients who have acne-prone skin, you try to put Vaseline or petrolatum or petroleum jelly on the top layer of your skin at night, you're going to probably have a chance of waking up and break out. Some people are going to break out as a result of it. So do I think that slugging plays a role for some people? Yes, but I think there are caveats. So I think if you have super, super dry skin that's not really acne-prone, I think it's a really interesting last step. I think you have to be really careful. It's not a substitute for a moisturizer. Because a really good moisturizer is complicated. Heidi, it's got things like humectants and emollients and occlusives. It's got all these different ingredients that actually help to not only pull moisture in the skin, seal it there. You know, when you think about something like slugging, it's literally just like a top coat, right? It's just a top seal. So it's not gonna replace your moisturizer. It's meant to go on top. Another thing to think about with slugging, other than the fact that it may not be great for people with acne prone skin, is that you wanna be really careful not to slug over products that contain exfoliating acids or retinoids. So as part of skin cycling, which this is a little teaser, we'll get there soon, you know, you can use different active ingredients as part of your evening skincare routine. And if you apply an exfoliating acid blend on your skin, and then you put something really heavy, really greasy on top of it, whether it's you know, the CeraVe healing ointment or if it's Vaseline or if it's Aquaphor or just petroleum jelly, like anything that has, you know, mineral oil, petroleum jelly as like one of the top key ingredients in that greasy, greasy formulation. What you can end up doing is potentially driving those powerful actives into the skin in a very unpredictable way that can dramatically increase your risk for irritation. So slugging, Again, it's like, you know, something goes viral and it's like, oh, I'm going to try it. And I think a lot of people instinctively are like, oh, I'm using like exfoliating acids or I'm using retinoids. Like maybe I should use something really greasy on top to counteract the irritation. But then paradoxically, they're driving those actives deeper into the skin unpredictably and they're actually creating more irritation. So good and bad when it comes to slugging.
0: But it also just sounds like something you shouldn't try without consulting your doctor first, right? <laughs> or TikTok. I
1: mean, it's what, I, so it's what, I, like, that's the, that's the thing is that realistically speaking, like, I, you know, I, of course I used to say, like, go see your dermatologist, go talk to your board-certified dermatologist. The reality is that so many people just don't have access, right? Whether it becomes an insurance Uh, issue or it's just like the, the wait time to get in with an educated board certified dermatologist forever, or that dermatologist literally has 10 patients on the schedule for that hour. And you know, you have, you have enough time to say like, is this a melanoma? But you may not have time to go into like, how should I be slugging? Right. So I think just realistically speaking, a lot of people are turning to social media to get a lot of their education. And I think that that's not the worst thing when it comes to something like slugging so long as you do check out like expert channels you know like i i personally spend a ton of time on my tiktok channel you know i know some of my colleagues you know will spend a lot of time really educating so you know if you if you're not just looking for you know a a, a TikTok star an influencer but somebody who actually has like the credentials behind it and they're taking the time to to make information accessible for you You know, I don't think it's a bad idea, you know, to utilize that resource. And I get it that it's not, it's not seeing your dermatologist, but it's almost the next best thing. Do the research is what you're saying, (laughs) right?
0: I have a quick question about petroleum, though, because I thought the petroleum was like a pretty toxic thing to put on your skin.
1: Such a great question. I love that you brought that up. You know, there's definitely concern about petroleum being contaminated and potentially carcinogenic. And the truth is, is that the petroleum jelly that's used in cosmetic products like your Aquaphor or your Vaseline or your CeraVe healing ointment, you know, those are actually considered cosmetic grade and they're, they're refined. They are refined forms. So they're not toxic. Um, one way that you can reassure yourself that they're not toxic is you can actually look for something called USP. There's like a little, there's like little labels that you can look for on there. Um, but in general, from a reputable brand that's creating the, the petrolatum product, you can feel pretty good about the fact that it's not going to be, you know, contaminated or do any harm to your health. Um, there is, you know, a lot of confusion about that because when you think about, you know, petroleum, there's, there's the type that goes in the car, <laughs> there's the type right? there's unrefined and then there's refined. And the cosmetic grade is, is from a safety standpoint is actually considered very safe, but it is not necessarily sustainable. You know, when you think about the planet and you think about where petrolatum is coming from or mineral oil, petroleum jelly, you know, it's coming from what's considered a non-renewable resource. You know, So it is not necessarily the most sustainable option. I think there are also people who just prefer to use more sort of plant-based ingredients. You know, there are now vegetable types of oils. There are things like squalene and sunflower seed oil and rosehip oil and grapeseed oil and um, there are ceramides and there's so many other ingredients that are not necessarily petroleum derivatives that actually not only can help with sealing that moisture, repairing your skin barrier, you know, but also deliver other benefits in the forms of, you know, vitamins and nutrients into the skin They can affect the microbiome in a very positive way. You know, so I personally don't love using Vaseline. Like if I, you won't find a tub of Vaseline in my home, but it's not because it's toxic. It's not because I'm worried that it's going to hurt me. Um, you know, it's more because I choose to go with some of these alternative ingredients that I do believe that if formulated properly can deliver so many of those benefits. I also have acne prone skin. So like, I just don't do very well with very, very occlusive products. I like what are called semi-occlusive products, meaning like if you have like a recovery balm, that is something that, you, especially with these ingredients, things like, you know, rosehip oil and sunflower seed oil um, and and the squalene, those, if you put those into a bomb, almost like an emulsion, sorry to get super technical on you, um, but it, it actually, you know, it's not that greasy layer that just sits on the surface of your skin. Like it's actually really nourishing the skin and hydrating the skin. And my skin tends to respond better to those products, you know, but, but I know that, that Vaseline is really cheap, right? So I think that there's the accessibility of it. So I understand why that particular product, you know, really did go viral.
0: Well, I, I mean, I can remember, I, we can move on from slugging, but I remember back when people started doing the no makeup issues, that's all they used was Vaseline. So like there was a reflective property. And I just remember that was the first time I ever heard about people putting Vaseline on their faces. And I was like, huh. <laughs> but I'm really glad to know that slugging isn't like a form of leaching. <laughs> so thanks for clearing that up.
1: <laughs> right. That, that would be a trend that, that probably, you know, wouldn't be something that a lot of people would jump on quite as readily. Um, but yeah, no. So it's, it's really just the idea that if you imagine a slug sort of leaving a trail of grease all over your face, that's how you look before you go to bed. It's like a cocoon of grease if you're slugging, um, which which can help with some you know some issues, but you know, it's it's not not necessarily a trend that's suited for everyone. So got it. Moving on to derma, trend number two. Derma planing. <laughs> okay, so derma planing, you guys, is using a single blade in light feathery strokes. And the way that it's promoted is it's promoted as a form of exfoliation because you're actually removing the uppermost layer of dead skin cells. So people say it gives them a beautiful glow. It helps their makeup penetrate, you know, it's more in a smooth, even layer. And one of the things that people love about dermaplaning is it helps get rid of peach fuzz. So if you're somebody who has that layer of peach fuzz on your upper lip or the layer of peach fuzz on your cheeks... You know, that can be really frustrating for a lot of people. They hate the way that it looks and feels and it, their makeup never seems to look smooth. So it can be a way to remove the peach fuzz. But again, like slugging, there's pros and there's cons.
0: So, so how does it differ from Shade, like somebody shaving their face just out of curiosity.
1: It, it's <laughs> actually a form of shaving the face.
0: Okay. <laughs> so. and, and, and is it the same as like, I've been gifted a roller with like spikes before. Is that
1: kind of the same? So that's called microneedling. Right, right, right. And then there's microdermabrasion, there's microneedling, there's dermaplaning. Like, it's, they all sound sort of strangely similar. Um, but just the idea of something sharp on the face for yeah, me. Yeah, like, you're, you're like needles and blades on my face all fall into this bucket, <laughs> this Heidi bucket. Of
0: that I don't want do do to do Things I probably
1: myself. am not going to be doing, you know, with the leech. So, like, those are my no no's. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so, so dermaplaning, if you think about like, the, they're actually sold often as like eyebrow blades, they're these single blades, and you you can just gently using light feathery slow, uh, strokes go over the skin. I personally, as a board certified dermatologist, and many of my colleagues will agree, don't love physical or manual exfoliation. So I love exfoliating acids, things like glycolic acid, gluconolactone, salicylic acid, you know, alpha hydroxy acids, beta hydroxy acids, polyhydroxy acids. Like Those types of acids are what I love when it comes to exfoliating the skin. Then there's this other bucket of what we call physical or manual exfoliation. And in that bucket are things like dermaplaning with a blade or things like a scrub. Like if you've ever had, you know, as a teenager, I'm sure you know. St. Ives peach. I didn't say it. You did. I'm not going to call it any brands, but yes. So sorry. So if you feel a gritty scrub between your fingers, you know, that was like a very old school way of exfoliating. And, you know, most of the newer evidence is showing that those physical scrubs, those harsh physical scrubs can actually create little micro tears in the skin. They can trigger inflammation in the skin. They can damage the skin skin barrier, you know, so really the chemical exfoliants, the ones I talked about with the alpha, beta, and polyhydroxy acids providing a more even exfoliation. In many ways, they're more gentle if the product is formulated well, and they have so many more benefits than just literally scrubbing off the surface layer of your skin. Now dermaplaning is interesting because I feel like it's one of those very technique dependent procedures. Like if you go to a professional esthetician who's dermaplaning, like I've had clients who, you know, patients who say like, that was, it was so amazing. I went to, you know, I treat a lot of celebrities, they go to red carpet events and sometimes they love a good dermaplaning treatment before that event. They feel like their skin just glows. But what happened with COVID with the pandemic, a lot of people took to doing this at home themselves and quite honestly, it becomes incredibly technique dependent, whereas, you know, in some areas of your face, you may press a little hard and other areas you don't press as hard, you know? So I have seen a lot of problems and irritation as a result of dermaplaning. Um, so you can really like, it's, it's, it's easy to mess up <laughs> when it comes to doing it at home. I've seen people shave off their eyebrow by accident. I've seen people nick and you know, there's blood all over the kitchen counter. I've seen people scar themselves. So, you know, but there are people who are just really good at it, you know, and and they have started to implement it. When it comes to dermaplaning in general, in my opinion, I don't love it for exfoliation. For so many reasons, I prefer a chemical, you know, acid blend of exfoliating ingredients over dermaplaning. However, I do have some patients who ha- just hate their baby hairs. And for that Then I can say, okay, like I can get behind the dermaplaning. If you really, really, really hate that peach fuzz, you know, some people, if they try waxing or threading, they break out, they get really irritated from it. They've tried the chemical depilatories and they get more irritated from that. And they say that dermaplaning is the only thing that helps them with those baby hairs. So for them, I can get behind it, but you know, less is more, you know, you don't want to overdo it. Like I would say, do it every couple of weeks, you know, like try not to get used to doing it. Use very, very light feathery strokes, a very, very light, gentle hand, you know, change the blade periodically so that you're not dragging a dull blade over your skin. Never derma blade on top of acne or an active, you know, lesion on your skin. There's so many things that can go wrong with dermaplaning. But if you're one of those people who the peach fuzz, it's the only thing that takes care of your peach fuzz and you just have to do it, you know, then I think there's safer ways of doing it.
0: Okay. So I'm like, I feel like both of those two trends, it's like, okay for some people, definitely not okay for others. Common sense.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, every, there's always an exception, you know, like I, you can never say something's black or white. There's always going to be somebody with acne prone skin who's like slugging, cleared up my acne, <laughs> you know, and then there's always going to be somebody who dermaplanes and says like, oh, I do it every night and my skin is amazing, you know, so, you know, there's, but
0: they're not you and we're all individuals and we need to treat ourselves as such.
1: Uh, the vast majority of people, yeah, should probably be really careful with, you know, with both of those trends and just be aware of the pitfalls. Right.
0: I love it. Okay. Well, I know that the third trend we're going to talk about is something very near and dear to your heart. As I said in the intro, you are the creator of skin cycling, which is like amazing. (laughs) What an incredible thing. So do you want to, before we get into the trend, do you want to tell us how you came up with it?
1: Absolutely. It, It honestly, Heidi, like it feels surreal. Like I can't, I can't even believe that it's taken off the way that it has. And just, I mean, it's gone mega viral over 3.5 billion views on TikTok. It's gone global. I see people sharing their skin cycling routines in all different languages all over the world. You know, it was covered. Obviously it works. It it definitely, it (laughs) definitely works. But again, like, you know, not for everybody and we'll go into that. But the concept of skin cycling is skin cycling is a strategic deliberate method of cycling through your evening skincare routine in order to really drive results but minimize irritation so it takes a less is more approach to skincare so it makes a
0: mom of three i love less is more a mom of three (laughs) totally exactly
1: (laughs) like who has time to sit there with 20 layers and quite honestly like when you put all those layers on your skin you know, mixing, matching, layering, you can end up doing more harm than good. So this is, it really is a streamlined approach. It makes the products that you're using just work smarter and harder for you. And so when I first introduced skin cycling, first I actually started working on it in in my office, you know, my clinical practice with my patients. And that was well over a year before I started talking about it on social media. And, you know, as I started, I guess traditionally dermatologists used to deliver information in a very linear way. We We would give advice like, try not to exfoliate more than a couple times a week. You know, you don't want to overdo it. Or we would say things like retinoids are wonderful as part of your skincare routine, but if you're new to a retinoid, start off less is more, you know, maybe introduce it one or two times a week, a pea sized amount gradually increases your skin tolerates it. So we would sort of deliver these very generalized statements and pieces of advice in a linear way. And then when I started talking about skin cycling and presenting skincare in this cyclical framework, I my patients just looked at me and they had this almost like light bulb moment, right? This aha moment. And they they said, like, for the first time, the complicated world of skincare actually made sense. And so I introduced it at first on social media in April, 2021. And the way that I first talk, started talking about it was I start I said there's a classic four night cycle, but it's a flexible framework. You know, there's no one size fits all when it comes to skincare, right? And a routine. So I introduced it as this flexible framework that you can level up, you can level down, you can personalize it to meet your skin where it is. But if you start off with the concept of the four night framework, you can really use that framework to listen to your skin and learn how to adapt it to your skin. So the four night cycle goes like this. Night one is what I call exfoliation night. And we just discussed the fact that I prefer a blend of exfoliating acids as opposed to those gritty scrubs. So overnight, you're going to see that beautiful brightening effect that you get from a blend of exfoliating acids. But more importantly, it also preps the skin to get the most out of night two, which is retinoid night. So night two is retinoid, and I use the word retinoid because retinoid is a big umbrella term and it includes prescription strength retinoids like tretinoin, right, or Tazrac, but it also includes over-the-counter retinoids, which includes things like retinol or retinal, you know, there's even one called Differin that a lot of kids are using for their acne, that's considered a retinoid. You know, so so retinoids are are amazing for the skin, but when people try to overdo it and they use too much and they start using it every single night, you know, it can really lead to a lot of irritation, flaking, stinging, burning, and people just, you know, give up on their retinoids and they end up not even benefiting from all the amazing things that retinoids can do. But if you limit it to night two, especially as you're getting started on your skin cycling routine, then you can start to really build up a tolerance to it. And then nights three and nights four are what I call recovery nights. So on those nights, you want to avoid any potentially irritating acids or retinoids. And you just want to focus on nourishing the skin, hydrating the skin, adding moisture to the skin, repairing the skin barrier, rebalancing the skin microbiome. And then you circle right back to night one. So the classic four night routine is exfoliation night, retinoid night, recovery night, recovery night, exfoliation night, retinoid night, recovery night, recovery night. And then as I was working with my patients, I found that some of my patients, you know, had rosacea, really dry skin, really mature skin, um, really sensitive skin. They did better with a five night cycle where we added an extra recovery night. And then I had patients who had more oily skin, you know, or could tolerate a retinoid more frequently. And so we would level up. We would drop a recovery night and even add more retinoid nights to their routine. So, you know, it's meant to be this, this flexible framework and this, that it gives you this actionable structure to your skincare routine that So many people who are taking what I call a kitchen sink approach to the skin, right? Everyone's like, I've got all these products and, you know, I'm sort of layering them on haphazardly and sometimes they're overlapping in their, you know, in what they're supposed to be doing. Sometimes, you know, they're, they don't mix and match and play nicely in the sandbox and they lead to irritation, you know? So it's, it's something that really helped a lot of people to just add structure and clarity and actually take away a lot of stress when it came to their skincare routine.
0: I love that. And so as something explodes, obviously you don't have control over it anymore, right? Like that's, that's the challenge. The game of telephone, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So do you feel like people are sort of treating it properly when they're sharing it? Do you think that it's being translated
1: properly? So quite honestly, like I love that you brought that up because I think I'm so glad that I started, it started really exploding first on TikTok and I feel like TikTok, if, if you guys aren't on TikTok, like I feel like the, the digitally native, like the type of TikToker, it's so authentic to them. It's so natural to them to take something and make it their own. Like, so if I see my 11 year old doing that, right? So she'll watch a dance and then, you know, there'll be a trending sound and it's a certain dance. It's a little TikTok dance. And then she'll like change a little bit at the beginning or change a little bit at the end or add a spin to it in the middle or change her outfit or whatever, do it with a friend instead of doing it by yourself. Like, And that is very indigenous to TikTok. It's about taking something and then adapting it, personalizing it, customizing it to meet your needs and sort of owning it yourself. So it's actually, I personally think that it was the perfect place for skin cycling to go viral because I think that it is meant to be a flexible framework. Like what I love seeing is I love seeing people sort of taking that concept and then, you know, personalizing it, like saying I have hyperpigmentation, I'm prone to dark marks. So what I do in my skin cycling routine is I'll use this product and then this product, and then I'll do this. And they're sharing their experience. And somebody else will say, you know, I'm 60 and, you know, I'm going through like, you know, some hormonal changes and my skin is super, super dry. So what I do on my recovery nights is I do this, this, and this. And, You know, I think that that's what I think that's probably one of the reasons why it's resonated and been so successful, you know, for so many people all over the world. And we're seeing that people are putting it to the test every single day. It was in the Washington Post, New York Times. It's literally all over the place. And we've got these beautiful, you know, before and after images that people are sharing on social media. And I think part of it is because people have especially you know, people who use it as a way to really learn to listen to their skin, you know, they have, they've learned to adopt it, to meet their needs. And I think that's, that's one of the things that that I think is the beauty of skin cycling. So if I went out there and I said, look, it's a fortnight cycle, you guys, like this is how to do it. Like you can't, you can't deviate it. These are the, these are the seven products you have to use in your daily routine. I don't think it would have been as successful, you know? And I think that, I think that's one of the the only mistakes that I see out there, you know, when it comes to miscommunication and misunderstanding skin cycling is for people who maybe listen to one or two of my videos and just assume that skin cycling is meant to be one size fits all. And it's meant to be done in this very like static, rigid way. And, you know, that type of, you know, if you think about it in that way, then it's probably not going to work for everyone. So I actually love the fact that, you know, that people are, are changing it. It doesn't offend me at all. I I think it's great. I think that's how skincare was meant to be.
0: It sounds it sounds like it sounds to me like yoga for your skin. Cause like yoga, you have to listen to your body, oh my and gosh. See how it reacts and act accordingly, right? When your
1: yoga instructor says, like I make suggestions, you know, you make decisions, like you you know, you can modify it up or down, or maybe does that stretch feel good, like stay in that position a little longer, the class will keep going. You maybe you're just like hanging out, you know? um, in, in whatever it is that you need that day, my lower back is going crazy. So like whenever, you know, whenever I'm doing something that stretches it, I'm just like, okay, the class is still going, but I'm just going to hang out here for a minute. And you know, that's when yoga becomes successful for someone. So a hundred percent. (laughs) Yes.
0: I love it. So pretty safe to say that it's Safe for all skin types just so long as they listen to their skin and respect the reactions, yes? Yeah, and
1: there's basic principles like the order matters. You know, exfoliation night comes before retinoid night for a reason because it does gently dissolve away that uppermost layer of skin cells so it allows the retinoid to penetrate and become even more effective on that night too. And I think the recovery nights are so important. You want to push your skin outside its comfort zone, and then you want to recover, and the same thing with working out. Like you wouldn't go to the gym and do a heavy weightlifting set for your, say, for your lower legs. Like, do say, you'd say you say did a heavy set of squats and lunges, and your legs are shaking. The next day, you wouldn't go and just repeat that exact same circuit because that leads to injury, right? It doesn't. Like you actually need to build in time for those micro tears in your muscle to actually repair, and that's how you become stronger over time. Right. So I think that it's this, it's very intuitive that you want to push your skin outside its comfort zone and then you want to build in time for your skin to recover. And our minds need time to recover, right? If we push, push, push during the week and then we try to push, push, push all weekend long, Monday morning hits and guess what? Like you're burned out. You're not going to be as productive. So, you know, I think that it really does intuitively from obviously from a biological and histological standpoint from somebody who really understands the skin. It makes sense to me from that perspective. But I think that it makes sense to a lot of people when they start doing it because they really do understand those basic principles. So long as you adhere to those basic principles, you know, I think that you can, you know, slightly modify here or there, a level up, level down, you know, and really make it your own.
0: I love it. Sounds like it's, I mean, there's a reason that it's like billions and billions and billions of people do it. So <laughs> that's amazing. All right. So that's a trend that, like, People should try, obviously. Are there any trends you see on TikTok that you recommend skipping?
1: So you you mentioned face taping. Okay, so let's talk about some of these. <laughs> well,
0: because, like, there's so many products, right? Like, for people who, like, when, like, I, I, I'm, I like, consciously, like, I try not to knit my eyebrows together because I don't want those 11s. But I think, like, sometimes when I sleep, like, they'll, I'm like, oh, I don't even I, you know, they'll, like, they can happen. And you'll wake up and you'll be like,
1: what's out on my face? (laughs) Yeah. And some people are very expressive while they sleep. So I think face taping, you know, has become, has, has become a trend on TikTok recently for a couple different reasons. One of them being, you know, people say, okay, let's put some tape like in between my eyebrows to, you know, to prevent that furrowing. Like what if I'm having a bad dream and I'm sort of like clenching those muscles while I sleep and I'm leading to like etched in lines that I wake up and I feel like those lines are getting more and more etched in. So people are almost trying to use it as a prevented or, or prophylactic approach. Like, almost. Almost like an alternative to Botox right and I think that it's interesting you know to think about that um, I do I think that it works very effectively not really um, do do I think that the adhesive you know when you use it repetitively like that over time you know that sort of the, the stickies the sticky stuff, the, the, now, are
0: you talking about like scotch tape, or the products that are actually made for that? So there's, there's all different types. There's made.
1: all different types. There's there's yes. more like skin sensitive adhesives, and there's more aggressive adhesives, and there's duct tape. <laughs> there's there's all different versions that People I see. Do on, not put duct tape on their on face, TikTok. You see everything. You see everything. So. Uh, so yeah. So I think of course, if you're going to be face taping, you know, if you're somebody who's incredibly expressive in the middle of the night and you do sort of wake up and you feel like lines are getting really etched in, you know, you can try it, but make sure you're using something like a paper tape or something that's incredibly gentle on the skin. And even so, if you do that night after night, even with the more gentle adhesives, like some people with sensitive skin might find that it's actually, it still leads to irritation and dryness. So it's it's something that may not be you know something that works for everyone. It may work for some people.
0: I had I had one dermatologist tell me because um, I had asked her about those little tape things, like the ones that you can buy, not like DIY. Right, right I had asked her about them, and she was like, I have patients that swear that it makes their Botox last longer. She's like, I don't know if it's true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are occasional patients who really are very expressive at night, you know? And so for those people, like it could potentially help. And again, if your skin can tolerate, you know, the tape and if you try to use the most gentle tapes, then it's it's probably not going to hurt you. But I would, I would, you know, if you start noticing a little bit of irritation, if you're starting to break out, like again, tape is occlusive. Right. So if you're putting it right between your eyebrows, like I have so many patients who just get tiny little bumps under the surface of their skin, especially between their eyebrows. And they start getting, you know, little comedones, acne flares, like, like you got to put two and two together and say like, huh, maybe the taping is like, do I want So you don't want to slug with tape, even though it's occlusive. <laughs> Please guys, do not. If you get one thing out of this podcast, don't slug with tape, okay? <laughs> Had to. <laughs> That's definitely not two TikTok trends you want to combine. Um, so yes, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I think... You know, it's, it's, it's an okay trend. It's I'm not, I'm not gonna like lose sleep over people taping their face at night, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that's not gonna work for everyone. Um, another big trend is like calamine lotion as a, as a primer under makeup. That was viral for a while. Um, and actually calamine lotion can be very, very drying. If you think about like, when do people use it? Like if you have poison ivy, you know, and you're, and you've got these like weeping, very like wet sort of like, you know, um, erosions on your skin, you can dry them out like chicken pox. Like when I was a kid, you know, when we got chicken pox, you want to use the, anything to sort of dry it out. So it has these astringent like properties. If you start doing that on your face every single day, You know, it can definitely dry out your skin. And so I think that one of the things people loved about it is that it gave them like oil control during the day under their makeup. They put on the Calamine lotion, then they put on their makeup and they're like, look, I'm not getting shiny in my T-zone. And yeah, for like one, two days, that might work great. And then you do that for a week, two weeks, and then all of a sudden your skin barrier is screaming and crying and and you need to, you know, really sort of go back and do some, some major, you know, reparation and really repair the skin barrier. Um, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> so don't try that one at home <laughs> or ever. <laughs> That's, I mean... There are so many TikTok trends. We literally could talk about this for days and days and days. But you are a very, very busy doctor. <laughs> I know you have clients and patients. I should say so. Just thank you so much for being here today with us. Our very last question that we ask all of our amazing guests and experts—you, our last section is called Karma Call. So I usually make Megan say it because she's like super enthusiastic and she like sings it out, but I am the yoga expert. So I will explain that karma is the Sanskrit word for action. So we ask you, what is one small actionable item that our listeners could try for a week that would yield a big result? Small action,
1: big result. So one of the things that I would recommend is when you wake up in the morning, I think it's really important to step outside or go close to a window and try to let a little bit of blue light enter your eyes. You don't need to look directly at the sun, but our circadian health and setting our circadian rhythm for the day is so important. Our mind, our gut, our mind, and our skin are very intimately connected. And when your sleep suffers, so does your skin. When your stress levels are are suffering, so will your skin. And so one of the things that I see more than anything in my practice is people will come to me and they'll say like, oh gosh, Dr. Bo, they're very apologizing for their skin. My skin looks terrible because I didn't sleep well last night or I haven't been sleeping well. You know, and I think that just the simple step of going outside and giving a little bit of blue light into the back of your retina to signal to your brain, to shut down your melatonin production, wake you up for the day, you know, and, and that will, Put you into that circadian rhythm that hopefully then at bedtime and you start blocking out the blue light and you start really relaxing and unwinding, you know, it'll help you really get that restorative deep sleep that you need. And so we actually just recently launched, uh, what we call Dr. Rainbow's night mode, which are these relaxation capsules that they're not sleeping pills. They're, they're melatonin free, they're non habit forming, they're non-sedating, but what they do is they actually create, that alpha wave activity in the brain, the same type of brainwave pattern that you get when you're in deep meditative state. And I'm sure, you know, that some people, you know, if they can, if they can get into that meditative state, that state of relaxation, you know, it can really help to relax the mind. And so you, without feeling sedated and groggy, you do end up falling asleep faster. You stay asleep longer. You get that deep restorative sleep that you need because it just takes the stress off. Like your racing mind all of a sudden is not racing as much. You know, so we deliberately paired night mode with my exfoliation night skincare product to think about outer skincare plus inner skincare because, you know, sleep is, is so important when it comes to healthy skin. So I really wanted to optimize your evening skincare routine.
0: And that's why you're the 3D doctor.
1: <laughs> right. Three dimensional. Exactly. Skin, gut, mind, right? If you just put yeah. things on the surface of your skin, you're never going to really get to the root of the, of the issues with your skin.
0: Amazing. I love it. Thank you so, so, so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate your time. Can you just let our listeners know before we let you go where to find you and all of your fabulous knowledge and products and everything. Absolutely. Instagram, TikTok, all the things.
1: So my website is drwhitneybowbeauty.com and we actually have amazing educational resources on there. I call it Derm Scribbles because my handwriting is illegible. So it's my form of a blog. <laughs> Um, so there's just tons of information there. And then on Instagram and on TikTok, I have um, two different handles on each one. So I have my founder channels, which are at Dr. Whitney Bow on both of those. But if you want to learn more about my products, then you would go to Dr. Whitney Bow Beauty on either TikTok or on Instagram. And I'm just constantly sharing information on all of those channels. And
0: it's D-R, not spelled
1: out. D-R, D-R, D-R Whitney Bow, B-O-W-E. You got it.
0: Perfect. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending time with us. You are absolutely amazing. I can't wait for everybody to hear this. And for all of you listening, thank you for tuning in. And be sure to follow us on the gram at off the gram podcast. And of course, subscribe to our show anywhere podcasts can be consumed. And if you like us, you know, drop us some stars. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week.